Welcome back to Crossing Paths, a show coming to you from Madrid. Each episode we speak to a new guest who is living away from their home country and who is now based here in Spain. My name is Ali Sternberg. I moved to Madrid in February and my goal while my wife is at culinary school here is to meet and interview as many people as possible and hear their stories. In this episode, you'll hear from Jawad Yahia. Since we sat down for this interview, Jawad and I have developed a little friendship, so it's fun for me to hear this episode from a few months ago when we were both still getting settled and getting to know each other. As you'll hear, Jawad is a guy who's hard to define, and we actually talk a lot about the multiple cultural influences in his life, being from the UK, of Lebanese parents, living in the US, Canada, Lebanon, Saudi Arabia, and how all that mixed together made him a third culture kid. You'll hear more about what that means, how he decided on Madrid, his work life at a bootstrapping startup, why he's constantly moving, and how ordering olives and beer on his flight over here gave him some insight into the influence of Arabic in Spanish. So I hope you enjoy. You moved here two months ago yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, so officially I moved here two months ago. Okay. Uh, I came to Spain in October. Uh, and I spent a month in Barcelona, a month in Madrid, okay, just to see where I'd feel. I don't want to say more at home because yeah. they were both very homey, yeah. But just where I'd feel more excited and have that drive to do what I want to do, yeah. And uh, I found it in Madrid. Okay. <laughs> so I went home for the holidays. Uh, I talked things over with my uh, girlfriend. Okay. And uh, we decided to move here together. Nice. Uh, I came a bit earlier just to try to get things settled. Right. They're not completely settled. Not, yeah, yeah. But at least, you know, I'm working. There's, uh, mm. We're still a bit in the house hunting phase. Okay. Which... Two can, months in. Two months in, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Takes a while. Um, yeah, it takes a while to find uh, something that you're both comfortable in. Right. Uh, appropriate budgets and all these kind of things, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow... So uh, so now we're here. Uh, I'm working in uh, BizDev for a Spanish startup. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, my background is uh, generally startups and technology. I see. So it sounds like you wanted to come to Spain regardless, so, or did you have an opportunity specifically? No, 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 no. I, I completely threw a... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I threw a dart at the... At the Map kind yeah. of thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my options were between London, Berlin, and uh, Barcelona in terms of startups. Okay. Um, but when I came to Spain, I, I chose Spain for the beautiful weather, the nice food, uh, proximity mm-hmm. to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you both have Europe and Africa and all these uh, right. opportunities it's... for uh, easy staycations, let's say mini vacations, whatever you want to yeah. call them. Um, and when I when I came to Spain, I decided not to only focus on Barcelona, just to keep uh, options open. There's options open. So I checked both Barcelona and Madrid, and fell in love with Madrid, like I said. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's so interesting to hear. You're actually the second person I've spoken to who is in the startup ecosystem or startup world okay. who decided to come to Madrid over Barcelona, actually. Okay, uh, okay. which is which is really interesting, interesting. to hear the, yeah, the kind yeah, of yeah, the yeah. kind of uh, patterns that are, that are coming up. <laughs> So you moved. So you said, "I want to live in. I want to live in Europe." You went around looking, and Madrid just turned out to be the exactly, one. Exactly. Uh, and you came here without the job. Yeah. So when I came for my discovery trip, I applied to a, a couple of jobs uh, before I arrived. And the one that drew me in the most was the one that I ended up taking. Gotcha. Um, some there were a mix between corporate and startup, uh-huh. but. Regardless of whether it's corporate or startup, uh, this company, it's called Yumiwi, um, it has such a nice vibe. Mm. 
And even though I get to exercise all my skills, it doesn't feel like I'm working. Okay. And it might That's nice. Yeah, it might potentially be more demanding than another job because uh-huh. of its uh, I don't want to say infancy, but because of its stage. Uh-huh. But at the same time, the the, the 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 rewards that I get from working with them are to me uh, more tangible than uh, the. I don't want to say hardships, but you know, the, sure. the, the hurdles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, the environment's very nice. The owners are very cool. And I like that they're a startup that's completely bootstrapping. Uh, they're pretty small. Uh, well, um, a good size. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're a good size uh, with uh, good revenue. Mm. And they've been able to maintain this bootstrapping culture for a long time across many different pivots uh-huh. and that just to me showed a wise person not someone who chased after money and growth someone who chased after the right product the right market the right strategy and that played a very big role uh, because um, these days there's a lot of hype around things yeah there's a lot of people that are looking for exits exactly. and that's the only thing that they care exactly. about yeah, yeah. exactly and and to me I felt that this was uh, the owners of the company are Kherman uh, and Inas and I felt that they were both interested in actually cultivating something worthwhile cool. and to me that's something that I would like to lend my efforts towards gotcha no, I mean, it, it sounds sounds great. You've seen, you found a place you wanted to live from that aspect, yeah. and, and then the work, the work exactly. aspect seems to, exactly. to be really exactly. fulfilling as well. So it's okay if the house takes a bit of time, right? right? right. <laughs> yeah. At least perfect. I'm in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> Two out of three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you an EU citizen? Is that how you're able to work yeah, here? Well, well, uh, we'll find out how long I'm an yeah, EU citizen. Sure. <laughs> I'm Brexit? British. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so that definitely helped. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out in the long term. Sure. Um, I hope that uh, uh, Great Britain and uh, the European Union find a good and healthy balance for each other. Yeah. Um, and I hope it doesn't affect either of our citizens <laughs> yeah. <laughs> adversely, you know, because the powers want something and people want something else, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Uh, I've spoken to a, to a number of, uh, of British people recently who have had that same sentiment, like, I'm here in Spain, and we'll see what happens. Exactly. We'll see exactly. how it's going to play out. Exactly. Where were you living beforehand? Um, so I've jumped around a lot in my life. Uh, normally, yeah. every, let's say, three to five years, I change cities and countries and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Right. Take me back. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, born in London. Okay. Yeah. So it was uh, London, Beirut. Uh, New York, but not New York City. Not okay. that cool. Uh, Upstate? Albany, yeah. 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 Uh, a small stint in Montreal, uh-huh. back to Beirut. Then a bit of Middle Eastern hopping, because I got okay. out of the West End. So then it was uh, Beirut, yeah. uh, Riyadh and Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. Then Jeddah and Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. Then I needed to cool down, so I went back to Beirut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I got my phone in the Middle East, time to go to Europe now. Right. <laughs> I, like, I like that trajectory. <laughs> so you're born, born in England, your parents yeah. were from uh, Lebanon. Lebanese. Yeah, yes, Lebanese. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. Uh, and how long were you in, in the U.S. for? In the U.S., I was there for probably around eight years. Gotcha. Pretty, pretty big, yeah. substantial amount so, of time. Yeah, that that was when I was, you know, young and didn't have an option to move around. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, and uh, but it was a very nice experience. I uh-huh. made some great friends. I learned a lot. Yeah. And um, education there in the U.S., I appreciated quite a bit uh-huh. because of a lot of the hands-on uh, nature of things and. Um, 
back then at least uh, they used to like us to question things and um, so I believe it helped the freedom in education there helped drive uh, innovation and just opportunity wise I stumbled into startups and I liked it uh -huh. a lot and went along with it gotcha and that kind of then is that what you're doing in all of your stops in the Middle East and so uh, I did university in Lebanon okay uh, I, I, so my small stint in Montreal was at McGill Okay. Where nice. I started off, and there I reconnected with uh, my Arab roots. Uh -huh. um, and so I decided to move to Lebanon and do my studies there. I see. I knew at the time that it's not easy to be in Lebanon work-wise, so mm. might as well be there when you're a student. Why uh, is that? Well, back then it was still coming out of uh, uh, Middle Eastern tensions, let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, eventually, when I moved to Saudi Arabia, uh, my first job was with IBM. Okay. Uh, I stayed with them for about two and a half to three years, and then I got an opportunity where my friend came along and his father had invented a product. Okay. And he's like, can you help me market it? Nice. And I was like, listen, you know, it's a product. I come from IBM. Uh -huh. I don't know how to sell product. I don't know how to sell solutions. <laughs> he's like, well, can you turn it into a solution? And I'm like, yeah. Okay. He's like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so it's been probably around... I. I'm mad at math, so 10 to 15 years okay. <laughs> in, yeah. in actual startups. Gotcha. Uh, but they, they weren't the same. They were tech-driven, but they weren't uh, your standard e-commerce or SaaS-type startups. Back then, it was a bit too early uh -huh. for those things, at least in the Middle East. Gotcha. Uh, they were tech-driven. They were more agency and service models, Sure. Um, but with room for growth. Gotcha. Uh, thankfully, we grew uh, at least as far as I could handle before moving on. Right. right. <laughs> I, I like uh, I like the constant movement. Is okay. is, is there a, a reason for for that besides that you wanted to live in a different place, or is it was it driven by where the work was, or so? I don't have the answer completely. Sure. Yeah. Um, I looked back and realized it was a trend, uh -huh. um, and. I tried when I was in Lebanon last, right before I moved here. Uh, I tried I, I, when I when I started approaching the five years. I was like, oh, let's see if I can make it ten. Can yeah. I can I can I do a double cycle in one place? Yeah. And it didn't work. Uh -huh. um, I felt that it was time to move on, mm. and um, I figured, don't fight the urge. Yeah. See where it takes you. And I am glad I didn't fight it because. After I spent two months here and I went back there, I realized what I had received from Lebanon. Mm. And I realized the potential for what I can receive and give back, of course, to Spain. Uh -huh. So um, it was time to move on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it was, it, you had the feeling and you didn't. You didn't reject that. Yeah, thing. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What's your experience been like uh, in your two months here in, in, in Madrid? Um, it's been generally quite pleasant. Uh -huh. um, I love their fiestas. Yeah. I love the, f the, 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 the fact that they like to fiesta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yesterday was a beautiful day yeah. in San Isidro. Um, and um, work-wise, um, like I said, it's been a bit challenging, but also very fulfilling. Mm. Uh, like you were saying earlier about yourself, you're realizing all the things that you can pick up and you're sure you're going to be able to use them mm -hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, same thing with me. There was things that I had to do that I 
had an idea of before, but I've never actually done them. Sure. And getting to do them now and uh, deal with them is great room for growth for me. Uh-huh. And I hope I impact uh, the company and uh, the economy positively. Sure. Um, and thankfully, uh, also my uh, girlfriend is settling nicely. Yeah. She likes it here. She's comfortable. She's where, where is she from? Um, so she's also quite international. Okay. Uh, her parents are... Uh, also of Lebanese origin her father is a British citizen uh-huh. um, her father was a journalist and so they're uh, moving around, Move around, around, around yeah. with him yeah um, and I think that's one of the reasons me and her connect so well yeah. is uh, we both have um, I don't know if you've heard of this term it's third culture kid yeah yeah, yeah. so we're both uh, TCKs and um, third culture kid yeah. Uh, for, for those listening, if yeah, you want sure, to explain sure, it, sure, yeah. sure. So a third culture kid is someone who grew outside of their home country. And in a way, they've created their own culture, which was an adaptation of what their home culture is and all the cultures that they've met along the way. Right. Because you have a number of, of things going on in terms of, of cultural influences. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. And yes, so it's... Yes. it's, it's your own, essentially, yeah. In a way, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's funny... Um, uh, we have this a lot in uh, Lebanon to use as an example, where in one sentence we'll use uh, three different languages. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the same time, when conversing with someone, you'll mix ideas from different cultures and different approaches while handling the situation. Yeah. You know, um, you know culture is a bit more, uh, I mean, language is the key, but culture is the substance, you know? Right. So it's a bit more profound than just just language. Pure language, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, having these great cultural experiences and learning the languages also empowers us to be able to um, engage with different cultures uh, very appropriately and to reciprocate with them. Because mm-hmm. it's not just about uh, engaging, it's also about sharing something and hopefully receiving something back yeah. uh, during your exchange, you know? And so hopefully we're well equipped with that so that we continue to find comfort in our travels if we continue traveling whatever ends up happening right <laughs> right right if you continue traveling but even even in your in your day-to-day wherever yes, you yes, are yeah, exactly exactly it's, it's, uh, an international city like madrid requires people to uh, deal with things with an international mindset yeah. you know so uh, for sure it comes in handy in my work, I deal with um, international business development, so uh-huh. also I have to attract with lots of different cultures. Um, and I and I realized that heavily uh, previously when I used to deal with international cultures while in the Middle East, I was on the client side, if you will, okay. where I was receiving um, um, products from different cultures in um, in Europe and North America, wherever it is, and packaging them and reselling them in uh, in the Middle East as gotcha. a solution, right? So uh, here, it's different because I'm on the selling end. I so see. when you're on the receiving end, you can tool the line a bit yeah, more, yeah. but when you're on the selling end, you need to know your boundaries you very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to know how to engage the person in a way that will entice them. Because uh-huh. when you're when you're buying, you're t- you know, they're enticed by the money. Right. But when you're selling, you need to understand exactly what it is that's going to trigger them uh-huh. to want to pay for whatever service you're providing. Right. And is, for that reason, you have to know people, exactly. you know, where they're coming from culturally, yes. what might be yes, interesting yes, to them yes, from yes, one yes, country yes, is yes, not yes, of any exactly, interest from another exactly, country. Exactly. Do you speak Spanish? 
Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I joke about this where, um, and this applies to what we were saying earlier, how when you learn something, you never know when it'll come yeah. in handy. I took one year of Spanish in high school, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which helped me at least slightly navigate when I first arrived. And um, I've been teaching myself through practice yeah. and practice with our friends comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> and with strangers, we do our best. Right. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes uh, accidental French word slips from here or something Sorry. like that. But people in Spain have generally, when they see you putting an effort, they appreciate it and they engage you nicely. So it's been a comfortable learning experience. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, that learning another language is enormously important. At home, I speak Spanish with my wife and English and it's turned into a Spanglish of sorts. Okay. Sometimes okay. we'll speak yeah, English, yeah. just English. Sometimes okay. we'll speak just Spanish. And then, okay. and then sometimes we'll say like three quarters of the sentence will be in English and then one word will be in Spanish or vice versa. There are some words that I just don't even, I don't remember in English when oh, it's wow. in the moment. Okay. Or some words that I don't remember in Spanish because we saved that one word in English. Sure, 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 you can get very confusing. That's quite cool. That's quite cool. Yeah, it, it works for us, and I think it, it's it's uh, kind of our own third third culture yeah, kind yeah, of situation. Yeah. Well, th that's exactly it. The word that you, for example, you say you forget a word in English in your life. So the, the one on Spain, it probably uh, symbolizes that feeling much better than the English word does to you, at least. Right. It has yeah. more meaning. Right. That's yes, right. Yes. Yes. And so you go with it, you know? So, so sorry. So yeah, yeah. you were lucky to practice Spanish before you got here because yeah. you're right from Chile. Yeah. That's fantastic. Exactly. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Very uh, cool. Although, you know, I, I mentioned this, I think in, in, with someone else that I was speaking to that for us, yeah. even though it is Spanish, it's a different version of Spanish. Sure, sure, uh, sure, 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 sure. So sure, there sure. are some times where she'll just be like, she'll just say, I don't, I don't know what that no, is. Or we yeah, have to, yeah, we're yeah. both learning new words sure, 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 for sure, sure, fruits sure, and vegetables sure. mostly. Ah, okay. It's very culinary okay. based or yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, learning of Spain, Spanish okay. or the Vosotros okay. form. Do you know what's one thing that's helped me here with food mm. specifically? A lot of the words for food in Spain come originally from Arabic because the, the Arabs were here right. from 1700 till God knows when, 1400. Yeah. So, uh, it helps that you look at a word and you're like, what is that? And then you pronounce, oh, yeah, that's what you're it like, is. Oh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a familiar exactly, sound to me. Exactly, exactly, exactly. My first example when I realized that was on my plane um, flight over here. I bought some olives. Uh -huh. uh, I was having olives and beer. As one does. As one does. Yeah. And I'm looking at the word and I wasn't comfortable pronouncing it. And then the lady says, aceituna. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, aceituna. That's exactly what I want. Because <laughs> right. aceituna is in Arabic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so I want cool. aceituna. Give me one. <laughs> it's, the, it, it's almost the exact same word. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. That's so interesting. Yes. There's so, yeah, that, that's a really good one. I'm yeah, going to remember that one. Uh, <laughs> a further example, but still another example is uh, paella. Uh-huh. Which comes from uh, the Arabic word ba'aya, and ba'aya means leftovers. That's how they used to make uh, paella, is they'd have the rice, they'd gather the leftover meats, and they'd cook them communally and share it. Oh, that's so interesting. So it was the ba'aya that they collected from everyone, and they made the paella. Huh, yeah. so it comes from an Arabic word. Yes. Yeah. How do I pronounce that? In Arabic? Yeah. Ba'aya. Ba'aya. Yeah. I really appreciate you doing this okay. this podcast. Okay. This has been really Thanks. fun. This has been a really super, been. super interesting conversation. Thank you. So Thank I really you. appreciate Thank it. You.
Thanks for listening to today's episode with Jawad. Uh, I've received a lot of great feedback from the first two episodes as well as some much appreciated constructive criticism, advice, tips, etc. So please keep listening, keep reaching out. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I've actually had some people who are living in Madrid from other countries contact me. So there are many more episodes coming your way soon. Our next episode, I sit down with Daniela Furtado. She is from Toronto, Canada. Her parents are from Portugal. She found her way to Spain via China. So you never know where life will take you. As always, if you want to keep up with us, keep up with the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CrossingPPod. And if you want to send me an email, it's CrossingPPodcast at gmail.com. See you next time.